Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 300 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code. Good on your next order at fansets.com just for discovering Trek listeners. Fansets, our pins, have character. Excalbians, giant Spock skeletons, and Klingon fornication helmets. <laughs> oh my. Lower Decks Episode 2 pulls out all the stops as our favorite Lower Deck crew tries to catalog a collection, while Boimler and the crew of the Titan deal with the latest threat to the Federation, the Packlids? Jump in the turbo lift, hit that down button, and step into the sonic showers, folks. My name is Dan Davidson, and we are Discovering Trek Lower Decks. Thanks so much for joining us, and welcome to Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe companion presented by Fansets. The amount of Easter eggs and callbacks in Episode 2, Kayshawn, His Eyes Open, was a Lower Decks Shakari, or Vortivore, or whatever the hell you want to call it, so I'm just going to call back all my co-hosts for a great discussion. We're all kind of our own team of Boimler, Mariner, Tendi, and Rutherford, but as always, I'll let you pick who is who. Huge shout out and welcome back to Sarah, Casey, and Bill. Bill, I see you there making faces at me. How you doing, pal? I, I'm sorry. Who is this? Yeah, exactly. That's what I thought you were going to say. I, I'm here to record Rewind, right? <gasps> oh, my God. Can you Speaking imagine? Speaking of, yeah. hi, Sarah. Hi. How are you? <laughs> doing great. Hi, Sarah. Hi. Right there. I'm doing so much better after watching episode two, that's for sure. Woohoo! Fantastic. Casey, what, uh, I'm gonna, I don't want to know what you think. I just want to say hi to you first. Hi. Hi. I pack. Okay, on to episode two. All right. Here we go. (laughs) No, it's good. It's great to see everybody. Um, You know, I got to say, I I talked about it a little bit last week. It's great to have the four of us sitting talking Star Trek again. It was a long time gone. Definitely. Yeah, this is how you do it. It's glad everybody's here to talk Lower Decks. And and guys, (laughs) I'm just going to say it right off the bat. This was my favorite episode of Lower Decks ever. The Ooh. amount of callbacks in this episode, <laughs> just in the part where they're on the collector ship, there must have been 30 or more callbacks to, to all the different various iterations of Star Trek from TOS all the way up through. And, and, and Casey, I thought it was magnificent. I was in heaven. It was so cool. That entire collector ship was nuts. I mean, you could find tons of things, that whatever you wanted. You know, we've got... Khan's necklace, <laughs> right? Yeah. Tons of weapons going on. The addictive video game. Thanks, Riker from TNG. Um, <laughs> as you said, huge skeleton TAS Spock. That was like one of the most macabre things ever, which was beautiful. And then, and Bill, Bill's got his fit. Go, go, Bill. You go. Here's here's the brilliant thing about that because for years people have said, well, if the animated series is canon. There has to be a 50-foot Spock roaming about the galaxy. Well, guess <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. There was. He's canon. He did. Yeah. He's canon. Yeah, he did, but he's yep. canon. Right? It was brilliant. And that was fantastic. And, and can we talk about really quickly here? Because they kept it in the background, but we had a skeleton, Abe Lincoln. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. Who, <laughs> who was speared 
by Yarduck, I was laughing. I was like, that was that was my most favorite part of the entire episode because they kept it in the background mm-hmm. and you got to look for it. Absolutely. That's one of the things that I think the animation team and the writers does so brilliantly, Sarah, is do all of these callbacks and you don't expect them and they don't put them, they don't throw them right in your face. They're in the background. They're off to the side. They're shaded in shadows so you don't really see them and they did a phenomenal job. Absolutely. One of my favorite things is a is a, a room full of stuff. I mean, if we're talking Indiana Jones, we're talking Warehouse 13, we're talking Guardians of the Galaxy Collector, or even the Room of Requirement, this is the time where you pause and you freeze frame yeah. and you take note because there is too much. I love it. I, anytime there's anything like this kind of collector, Easter egg galore, I'm into it. And of course, you guys are mm-hmm. bringing up really great examples. The The game stood out for me for sure. Mm-hmm. I love hearing the other ones that I didn't catch. So I'd, I'd like to see somebody post on Twitter the full list of what they saw. And let's, oh, I'm let's sure give it'll be out there. Yeah. 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 I'm sure it'll I'm be sure out there. That, I'm sure Drawn to Trek will be doing that in short yeah. order. There we go. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the, I, I could only imagine what the um, animators and the writer's room were, were like when they were given what was going to be happening in this episode, Bill. <laughs> I mean, just the idea that the, the collector that who had died was the same race as Kivas Fajo, who kidnapped Data, was a great reference. And then they had things like we've already talked about all the things that Casey brought up. One of my favorites, that again, in the background, there was a Horta egg in a case. <laughs> I thought that was just brilliant. Absolutely fantastic storytelling. Well, and there's a unicorn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Unicorns are now canon in the Star Trek universe. If you think about it, that's that's also amazing. So many callbacks, everything from Klingon weapons to to artwork to you know the I love the the addition of the Kales fornication helmet. Very nice. <laughs> like Kales would actually need a helmet for that. Um, Cosplay. It caught. <laughs> well, I'm leaving that alone. I am so so leaving that STLV alone. Still at night. Talk about, <laughs> that's a horny situation. Talk about but, callbacks. Uh, but but ahead, I can Bill. imagine that, that that it gave the animators a great challenge to work all of these things in. I mean, because there's got to be a laundry list of things that, you know, Mike McMahon and everybody putting the show together would love to see in the show. And this was the perfect venue for it. Mm. You know, the, mm-hmm. and we know there's going to be even more callbacks throughout the season, but they could truly drop, you know, a metric ton of them here. And it's it all works in the story. It works perfectly, and and I thought the only real big callback was right at the beginning, just with the title, Kayshawn, his eyes open. I'm like, oh my God, yeah. we're going to get Darmok and Jalad at Tanagra, and of course we do, a Tamarian is finally uh, a member of Starfleet, and I love how his language, right off the bat, confuses everyone, but then he blames the Universal Translator, hasn't been able to pick up everything. I thought that was great, and to see him get turned into a puppet, <laughs> Just brought back all kinds of callbacks for Star Trek swag, Sarah. Maybe if Hoshi was given something to do during Enterprise, yes. that yes. translator yes. would have been an issue. Boom, I said it. That, yeah. <laughs> Just jumping off Enterprise, I gotta say. That's right. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will second Sarah. Trek Enterprise should bring that up sometime. Mm-hmm. I'll let them know. Crossover, <laughs> what you've been waiting for all these years. <laughs> that's, what, that's what we need. It's what the world needs. It would be fantastic. Wait, you know what it looked like Bill was talking about? Did you guys catch that, like, Picard's awful painting of nude woman on the back yes, wall? Yes, I did. Okay. I did. And then is Bruce from Jaws now Star Trek canon Dr. as well? Because it's a great white that's in one of those mm-hmm. uh, cubes, whatever you want to call it. 
Yeah. I was like, that that must have been a very interesting decision, like you're talking about, Dan, in the writer's room of what do we keep and what is too much? <laughs> Nothing's too know. much. The whole idea that um, the Excalbian's bones save the day for these guys was from the from the from the from the myriad of rumbas vacuum <laughs> machines which i right. thought was a Roombas. great reference by marina also <laughs> rumbas yeah uh, i thought that was fantastic also but they just had all kinds of things and and you know a lot of times i've talked on trek geeks and here on discovering trek that sometimes too much callbacks and too many past star trek references can be a can be aggravating because it, I don't want it to just be fan service. Mm-hmm. This was the pinnacle of doing that, but it works for the story. And I don't think that yeah. they couldn't have had this successful story, Casey, without having all of these call, uh, callbacks peppered in throughout every scene. Yeah, you're you're strolling through a museum of someone who is like, oh, I'm not just going to be collecting artwork for artwork's sake. It's like stuff I want. And stuff, since there's these levels of competition with the collectors of, oh, no, 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 I'm going to get this. No one else will have it. And then, oh, I'll get this. And so even what we saw in that one room, and they talk about, oh, there's a lot more galleries we could go through. This did, to me, seem like a very uh, organic way to get in all those references. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we got more to talk about. Uh, and, and it doesn't even take place in the collectorship when we're talking about callbacks. And probably the biggest callback of them all took place on the Titan. But first, as always, uh, I think it's time to talk about our good friends over at Fanset, Sarah. Especially if we're talking about collecting things. Ah, absolutely. Segway much? Hello, folks. <laughs> we want to take a moment to thank Fansets for once again being our exclusive sponsor for the whole season of Discovering Trek Lower Deck. We always look forward to the newest pins from Fansets because the quality is amazing and the different characters they come out with are always fansets-tastic! You got that right, Casey. Boy, that's great copy, isn't it? Uh, recently, terrible. Yeah, it is very bad. <laughs> recently over, over on Trek Geeks, Lou was a guest on the show and he gave us a preview of pins to come later this year and it's quite a list. Pins like Adira. Nice. Captain Michael Burnham. Osira. Loxana Troy. Yes. Lita. <gasps> Wayun. Galt. We are finally yeah. getting a Galt pin, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very excited about that. We get a Dan that. pin. And we get a I, Dan pin. I know. Isn't it awesome? Yes. And you Lower Decks fans will love the new Tom Paris Voyager collector plate pin that will no be coming very soon. way. And of course, as always, you get to save money each and every week just for being a Discovering Trek Lower Decks listener. Head on over to fansets.com, place a whole bunch of pins in your cart and gift cards and accessories and the whole nine. And at checkout, enter the special discount code Lower Decks. That's L-O-W-E-R-D-E-C-K-S in all capital letters with no spaces. And that will get you 10% off your entire order. And don't forget that our U.S. customers will get free shipping if you spend $30 or more. Amazing. Fansets, our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the exclusive sponsor of Discovering Trek. Okay, so USS Titan. Got to get back on the USS Titan uh, for (laughs) the second part of this episode. Pack leads again. And, you know, they really are a lot more sinister than they ever were in TNG, which I think is kind of cool. 
Uh, but at the same time, that's just secondary to what actually takes place. Now, if you remember, Sarah, I asked you specifically last week if you thought it would be a long time before Boimler returned to the USS Cerritos. Mm. Remember that? Mm. I, don't I know remember it was a long time ago. I don't expect you to remember it, Gramps. Um, but uh, <laughs> I will say our, our question was answered this week and not in the way that we might have thought. Boy, some stuff happened. Why don't you tell us about it? (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. Is this the episode where we get the answer and there's a transporter (laughs) mishap? Or is that next? Oh, what a great Okay, because I couldn't remember that was episode three and I didn't want to say something. (laughs) I love the crap that we do. (laughs) Another great callback to a great TNG episode and that we get another transporter duplicate accident. Why have one when you can have two for twice the price? I love it. Exactly. So now not only do yeah. we get to have Boimler back on the Cerritos, but he also gets to stay on the Titan, drinking <laughs> Romulan ale with Captain Riker, listening to Nightbird, and oh. watching Riker stand like Riker stands. Nightbird. He gets that reference alone. I think I even let out like a ha. Like when I was watching it, I was so excited. Like that go- song. <laughs> He gets, Boimler, think about it, he gets everything he wants. He gets to stay on the Titan, and he gets to go back to his friends. Not, you know, probably how he was expecting things to go, nor did we expect two of them. But he gets exactly what he wants so far. It's a win-win. He screams a lot in this episode. (laughs) Poor guy. It's kind of like me every time I record with you. Yeah, that's (laughs) when I put my headphones on, my ears bleed. No, I, I like how they did it. it. It was it was interesting because you know that he he just didn't fit in over there, but he, he wants to be there. But he also wants to be back with his friends. So I kind of thought it was a cool way to have a win win situation. So and that I think that kind of means that we're still going to see the Titan later on in the season. I said it last episode. I'll say it again. Now we got Rikers in space with their adopted Boimler. I mean, all you got to do is bring back that dog from season one. You got yourself a happy space family. <laughs> oh, my. Well, the dog's name was supposed to be Worf, though. Oh, yeah. And the Rikers in space. Worf. Yes, it was. Yeah. You know, it, right. well, it, it, Boimler does kind of get everything he wants in a way, but it's a very different Boimler who decides to stay on board the Titan. Yes. It's almost like, you know, our little Bradward grew up and, and discovered his, his, his inner Starfleet officer that, that had no fear and was more like Riker. And, and the Bradward we get that goes back to the Cerritos is the Boimler we expect. The Boimler who knows that's his home. Mm-hmm. Although I will say Titan Boimler gets a better first name. <laughs> it does. I wonder, I wonder why I say that. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Shut up. But uh, we all, you know what we didn't talk about yet? We're at the end of the episode, but we didn't talk about the beginning of the episode. I always wondered how sonic showers worked. And I also love how they still are able to blur out people in the shower on a cartoon i thought that was kind of funny and the more powerful the sonic shower it doesn't look like it's very comfortable no but thank you no. starship troopers Not a fan. for bringing this whole thing in that was hysterical i was like yeah uh hmm. i guess another opportunity for everybody to talk when you just live four feet from them you know it's a hard no and you work me. right next to them Every single day. It's a hard no for me. <laughs> I don't see all the different places where your razor uh. goes, okay? 
<laughs> Your lower back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it was a great opportunity for for Mariner to assert, you know, some kind of leadership mm. to sort of say, you know, I, I'm I'm the leader of this team of lower deckers when she was kind of challenged, and it kind of it kind of you know foretold what was going to happen later on in the episode. Ultimately, I liked how that conflict resolved itself, where they kind of let Tendy and Rutherford kind of I figure the way brilliant. out. I yeah. thought it was very brilliant. But um, yeah, t- that whole sonic shower scene, very interesting that they make the uh, the, the lower deck ensigns uh, shower that shower way. Yeah. It's horrifying enough that they have that bunk bed set up with the hallway. I mean, the hallway. come on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I actually horrible. have a question about that. We saw it in episode one and I didn't bring it up then. They turned Boimler's bunk into a storage unit. You saw <laughs> yeah. a tri-dimensional chest set there yep. and a bunch of a bag of the weapons and everything. Don't you think that they would have replaced that crew member or, or, or Boimler with another crew member that would have used that bunk? It is a starship after you all, right? You would think. Yeah, you would think so. Maybe they hadn't taken on a new crew rotation. Usually that happens when they go to a star base. Um, and maybe mm. it just hasn't happened yet. Hmm. Bill's always the smart one in the group. I like that. Always? Anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> so Let's go I with it. Say, I like it. I, 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 I said it before, guys, and I'll, I'll say it again. So far, out of all of season one and the two episodes we've seen in season two, I really think this is my favorite episode. It was just a Star Trek dream to see all of those callbacks. And not only just the things that we saw, but in what happened with the Temerian mm-hmm. and with the transporter accident. I thought it was great. Um, and I will I will eat my words of saying that there sometimes could be too much callbacks because no. this worked perfectly. This is great. I, just, I love it. I just want to know if the Temerian's coming back. Mm. I hope so. I think he will. Because <laughs> like, we get him. You know, we're excited. We get a new security chief. And then all of a sudden he's turned into a puppet. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, but at the end you see at the end you see him walk into the bar yeah. and yeah. Mm-hmm. try his pickup line that doesn't work. So you Not get that story. All. And then Jet, who had been transferred onto beta shift, kind of just gets shoved right out of yeah. the, the yeah, group. I think that's gonna come back later on in too. the season. I do too. And, and Jet and Mariner are gonna be button heads. How great was it when he had the corn and it looked like yeah. a pip? <laughs> What, to me all the time. What a fantastic <laughs> writer's idea to explain oh. real life screw ups on set where there was too many pips, not enough, and go, it's corn, it's street corn. It just sticks on the collar. Beautiful. Now I, I love street that. corn. Oh man. Yeah. Right? right now. Extra yeah, butter. Absolutely. You know, it could be, it could be the Bud Lights talking, but I mean I you just gotta oh, give you just gotta give light. props to Mike, the cast and the crew, because the timing of this show to come out couldn't have been better we have mm-hmm. covid we have just crap and then we have the intensity of picard and discovery to bring this show and bring the laughs i just think they're doing such a great job with it and i've been enjoying these first few episodes so much i'm so glad it's back I, 10 episodes is not enough i've, I've said it before I, I said it all last year i said it all during the off season of lower decks lower deck season one was the best first season of any star trek series ever in my opinion and season two so far is really holding that bar high and it's it's being mm-hmm. extremely successful mm-hmm. absolutely what do you think bill you agree i agree 100 percent. i mean it, it's it, we've talked many times dan about how in the new era of star trek there really aren't any skip and yeah. i still think that's largely true and that's demonstrably true with lower decks every episode to date you know has been a, a an absolute see it. And this episode is probably, 
you know, among the best of them. It must be. It's. Um, I guess it's because they finally fired Kurtzman and brought somebody in who understands what's going on. Is that maybe why that's happening? Oh, well, six, um, six uh, time is a term when you fire somebody. Six times today. Six times, right? Oh, it sticks. God. Finally. Mm. Yeah. Well, it's sticking, and he's doing a great job, and and so is Mike and the entire team. So, so Casey, episode two was simply phenomenal. What is in store for the Cerritos next week? Well, Dan, I'm glad you spontaneously asked me that question. You know, you mentioned the Tom Paris pin from Fansets, but simply put, let's say this. Next week's episode is called, and a drum roll please, we'll always have Tom Paris. It's episode three of Lower Decks. Is that a cat purring? (laughs) (laughs) It's episode three of Lower Decks, and we cannot wait to talk about it, but... Until then, remember that you can subscribe to Discovering Trek by searching for us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere finely produced podcasts are procured prominently. Don't forget, you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to the unedited audio of all our podcasts and a lot of other perks. I was expecting Sarah to finish that up with recalculating. (laughs) (laughs) We want to take a moment to recognize the following amazing producers of Discovering Trek, and we really are so thankful for their support. Mike Bovia, Chaz Bradshaw, Kyle Castillo, Peter Craig, Andy Davenport, Craig Ewing, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Kimberly Hartman, David Hood, Julianne Jordan, Lionel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Jim McMahon, Darren Metcalf, Charlie Mulvey, Sean O'Halloran, Jamie Rogers... Casey Shafsky, Jim Stoffel, uh. Chris Trebuzio, Ken Tripp, Christina Werther, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. If you would like to support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks, where subscription levels start at just two bucks a month. Two. Count them. For even more great Star Trek discussion, we want everyone to check out the other member podcasts here on the network. In addition to this show, Discovering Trek, there's, of course, Trek Geeks. Hey, I've heard about that show. Rewind, Polytrex, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, and, of course, now we're proud to welcome Drawn to Trek, Science Station 2, and with the first link to our network family as the latest additions to the Trek Geeks podcast network. You can find all our podcasts, including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. The Trek Geeks podcast network, no one, dare I say no one, talks Trek like we do. No one. Well, that's going to do it for episode two, Kayshawn, His Eyes Open, an amazing treasure trove of Star Trek history, all packed into a 25-minute episode. This show is just so awesome, as are my great friends and co-hosts, Bill, Sarah, and Casey. Thanks for another great discussion, guys, uh, and we'll see you next week to talk all about Star Trek Lower Decks episode three, We'll Always Have Tom Paris. So until next week, never stop discovering. Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.
coconut. <laughs>